Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of Lit AF with me, your host, Sarah Cohan. As always, I'm so excited to be back here with you this week, serving up honest, real, authentic, hilarious, vulnerable conversations about spirituality, manifestation, all things woo. These are my favorite topics. These are my absolute favorite topics. These are my favorite coaches that I am interviewing. I just love hearing from them. And selfishly, I feel like I'm getting coached from them during each interview. So sorry you have to listen to that. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) This week, I am so excited to have Rochelle Smith as a guest. She and I talk about human design. She is a holistic health coach and she's also into astrology. So she shares how she blends all three of those into her coaching practice. And we get into an amazing, delightful conversation about feeling our feelings, feeling emotions, how we feel them, how to feel anger. We spent a lot of time talking about anger today, which I'm really excited about because it's it. I grew up being afraid of anger. And so now I'm stepping into seeing, expressing, and honoring anger. And she shares how she actually parents her kids with this kind of like worldview viewpoint of really feeling your emotions. It's so cool. It's such a fun conversation. She is also, her bridge job is being a bartender. So we talk about how that influences like being in both worlds at the same time. She can use her coaching and human design and astrology in her bartending job. And then she and I are both 6'3 profiles in human design, which is apparently very rare. And she's actually the only 6'3 I've ever met. So super fun to chat with her. I felt like at many points during the conversation, I was like, yep, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I understand exactly why and how you did that. <laughs> so apparently it's a fucking miracle that she and I are both alive and that we both made it past 30. So here we are trying to get to the roof eventually. That's a human design phrase. So before... I bring on Rochelle, of course. I have my weekly check-in. And I'm just so excited because this episode is actually going to air after Thanksgiving. But I'm time traveling and I'm recording this intro before Thanksgiving. And this really cool thing is happening within my family this week, which is we're all setting boundaries. And I just want to take a moment and celebrate boundaries I'm hoping that after your week with the family that perhaps you got to set some yourself, but it's super fucking cool to see it happening. Um, I set a few of my own. I watched other family members set their own, and it's just really cool. I mean, we've historically been a very enmeshed family, very codependent family, so it's really cool to start to see the change. And, you know, it's interesting. I don't know like what exactly brought on all these boundaries all at the same time, but I'd like to think that this pandemic really helped all of us honor what we need and is helping all of us to show, like encouraging all of us to state our needs. Because it's just the coolest fucking thing when you state a need and, and help someone be able to help you. It's really awesome. I'll report back next week with how it all went down. (laughs) Were hearts broken? We don't know. Was turkey eaten? It most likely will be. (laughs) But yeah, family time can be hard. It can be really hard. It can be really, really triggering, especially when you're doing this work and you're like, "I've I've got so many things worked out and then you get like blown back a little bit. And that too can be hard, like just even falling off the wagon or like forgetting your tools or feeling like you've mastered a certain area of work and then rediscovering that you still have more to learn. My heart is with you wherever you are, whatever situation you're in. And I hope that you got to set some boundaries. And if not, we still have Christmas. (laughs) Plenty of time. I don't know if you can hear my beautiful dog in the background. She is pulling at my couch. To Now she's looking at me yawning with her tongue out, but she's trying to find the perfect spot on the couch by digging her paws into the cushion. So if you heard a sound, that's that's what it was. Now she's just looking at me so sweetly and so cutely. Love, Frida. 
Love you, girl. That's my dog, everyone. That is my dog. Um, Okay, quick announcement. So I'm so excited to announce that I will be hosting another New Year's goal-setting workshop for 2022. So excited. I love those numbers. Feeling good about this year. It's going to be on January 2nd. That's a Sunday at 12.30 p.m. PST. I hope to see you there. Tickets are officially now available. And if you want to get the early bird pricing, sign up before December 15th and you can lock in the $25 price point to join the workshop. It's a super fun workshop. It is all about writing your list in community with other people that are setting goals or growth oriented. We're going to do a quick round, a quick review of manifestation as I see it and get also, you know, a, a invite others to share their viewpoint. We're going to review 2021. We're going to set goals for 2022. We're going to do it in community. We're going to say those goals out loud to each other because when we say it out loud, super powerful. It kicks it all into gear. It helps the universe to actually hear us. It's just going to be so fun. I did this last year. It is honestly my favorite way to start the year. And it's just going to be an amazing group of people that are um, signing up to do it. So I want to see you there Sunday, January 2nd, 2022 at 12.30 p.m. PST. Bring your friends bring your partner. It's just a nice way to have time set aside to actually set goals. Because I will, I'm the worst at this. I'll be like, yeah, I can't wait to goal set. And then I don't put it on my calendar and then time goes by. And then all of a sudden it's March. I did this last year with my husband because we always set goals together. And all of a sudden it was March and we're setting our goals together in March. I'm like, no, we just lost a whole quarter. (laughs) Not that we weren't manifesting the whole time, but I want you to commit to setting goals with yourself and I've got worksheets for you. I've got all the questions prepared. So all you have to do is show up and participate. So I think it's going to be super, super fun. I very much hope to see you there. If you're interested in signing up, you can go to sarahcohan.com forward slash events. That's sarahcohan, S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com forward slash events, E-V-E-N-T-S. I can spell. Woohoo. All right. Very much looking forward to it. Again, sign up by December 15th for the early bird pricing. And let's get into this episode with Rochelle. Here we go. All right. Rochelle Smith, welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you here. Me too. Excited to be here. Yay. So Rochelle is a holistic health coach and she weaves in human design and astrology and everything that she does, which I'm really excited about. So I'm curious, do you have anything else to share to introduce yourself to listeners? Yeah, of course. Well, my name is Rochelle. Yeah, as you said, I'm a holistic health coach. I focus specifically on gut health as it ties to the emotional solar plexus. Um, my podcast is Emotional Mastery, so emotions have literally been the struggle of my life. It's the, it's just, yeah, I've always like swam in it, been overwhelmed by it, shut it down. I just never really understood my emotions. I grew up internationally, and so I feel like I kind of never really knew where I fit in, especially as I'm a six three in human design, uh, emotional Ooh. manifesting generator. Yep. And so life has just been like trial and error over and over and over. And so, yeah, I just was really confused for most of my life. I was in and out of toxic and abusive relationships. And so I turned 30 and didn't even recognize myself in the mirror. And I was at the time in an abusive relationship and I packed up my kids and we just left. And ever since then, it's just been this journey to finding myself, which got me into holistic health and it's changed my life. And so my mission is just to help other people love themselves, accept themselves, all that good stuff. Oh my God. I love this. Her podcast is amazing. Emotional mastery. Highly recommend listening to it. We connected because we are both six threes, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is, which is very rare, rare and wild. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I first found out about my profile in human design, I of course took it to Google, which, you know, is great and also has not so great tendencies. And I found some like YouTube clip of some old British man talking about the six, three profile. And he was like, yeah, for you guys, like you guys broke the mold and then you were still made anyway. I was just like, (laughs) what the fuck does that mean? (laughs) 
like I already feel weird now about me being myself. And now I'm like adding on this other thing. But I've since learned that it just means a lot of trial and error and having to learn the hard way, which is by doing it, which I love. Yeah. I think that was one of the most validating things for me was finding out I was a 6'3 and like what that meant. Mm. And Ra, who created human design, I mean, or who downloaded human design, sorry, but he like in some of his audios, like he talks about the 6'3 profile, how it's very rare A, to be one and then B, to even make it to 30. And not because of like suicide or anything like that, but just because we get so lost in drugs and alcohol because life is just this constant like chaos. Um, And so, yeah, it's really interesting. And then you think, I believe it's like 2% of people are six threes. And then imagine like projectors, manifesting generators, it becomes even smaller. So it's like, we're almost unicorns, like reflectors, but not quite. Um, well, I believe we are. We are. I mean, I know, they all right? are. Anyone we, listening is exactly, we are. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, and even that, it's like generators themselves, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm just a generator. But it's like your specific design as a generator is so unique and so rare, right? It's like not everybody has all the little nuance. Like, yeah, it's every single person is unique in their own beautiful way. A hundred percent. And it's so funny whenever I hear, this is like one of my favorite topics about human design is generators being like, ugh. Yeah. Like, I don't feel special. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. My whole life I've wanted to be you. Like, I don't – we're living in a generator world here. Like, you have amazing gifts that I want. And just because this system is pointing out that there's, like, a rarer breed doesn't mean that, like, you're not special. Yeah. Well, we always look at the facts and the numbers rather than, like, turning inward and just, like, the feeling, right? So mm. it's like, oh, generators are 70%. Then we're like, ugh. Right? right, like I'm, just, I'm seventy percent. Like just. so many people out there like me. Yeah, it's like no, <laughs> but we always want what we we don't have. Right, like for you 100%. as a projector, you don't have the sacral, so it's like that's the thing that runs the world. So like, of course, you would want to be want to be tapped into that, 100%. which you are. You just yeah. don't create it. Yeah, I have straight hair. I've wanted curly hair my whole life. Yeah. I got a perm. <laughs> exactly. It didn't last. Like I did the same thing. It was horrible. <laughs> did not. Oh my god, what happened? <laughs> I was like fourteen or something, and my my mom was always telling me she's like, "Oh, it's not going to set properly." Da da da, whatever. And I got a perm, and I could not manage it. I hated it. I was like, I like my hair is super thin, but man, and yeah, it was a lot. I was like, oh. I. I appreciate, I mean, but now like, you know, I see like women with beautiful curly hair and I'm still a little bit jealous, but I'm like, it's just, it's hard to maintain. (laughs) (laughs) Mine just didn't even stick. I like got home, like I could see his face when he was doing it. He was like, (laughs) I know you're here for four hours and you're going to pay me 300 bucks. And like, this isn't going to work. And I get home and you're not supposed to shower for, or like get in water for like what, 48 hours or something like that. And I was like, okay, cool. So I'm just going to stay away from water. And I get home and it was just, I take my hair out and it's done. Like it sticks yeah. straight. <laughs> like oh, really? No I think mine stayed for a little while, but yeah. Wow. <laughs> but of course, like the 6'3", you can't tell us. We're going to figure it out. Exactly. Like that's the story of my life. My mom, my parents don't do this because of this. I'm like, well, I'm going to find out why. I'm going to go do it. I'm going to find out why you're telling me not to. That's why yeah. I started drinking and smoking because my grandmother smoked and that was the thing that was off limits. So I was like, all right, I'm going to start smoking. I'm going to find mm-hmm. out why I can't. <laughs> Too. Me too. Yes. And then I did it for 20-ish years. Yeah. I smoked for like 13 years too. Yeah. 13, 14 years. Yeah. And I realized I felt like shit. So I stopped. Yes, exactly. Yes. It doesn't feel good. No. No. (laughs) It does not feel good. So tell us how you got into, you touched on it a little bit. I'd love to hear more. Like what was your path to holistic health? And then I would love to hear like, when did you find human design and put marry those two together? Like, I think that's so cool. Yeah. So my mom has always been health conscious. She was a fitness instructor uh, when we were younger. We were always aware of the health perspective of things. If you look at human design, I have a defined spleen. And so if your listeners are familiar with that, it just means that I don't notice that I'm sick until I'm like full on sick, right? Like my, my, I have a healthy immune system, but I may not be as tapped into my body as somebody with an undefined spleen who will just feel all the small little nuances of illness within their body. So yeah. Everyone is like looking at their chart right now. (laughs) Yeah. Do I have a spleen? So yeah, and I grew up overseas. So I grew up in Dubai. I was there for 13 years. I've been, I lived a few places in Europe and I feel like the, Food there is just a lot more healthy. It's a lot more pure. It's less mm. processed, especially in Dubai. Everything was halal, you know, so all the animals were, you know, the way they were raised and they were, their throat was slit and you know, the whole thing. So it mm. was just like a mm. more humane way. So I've never really felt bad when it came to food over there. I kind of ate what I wanted to. Again, the food was relatively healthy. And then I just, 
as an adult, then I moved out of my house. Of course, I went to college, you know, drinking, drugs, smoking, alcohol. I, everything went out the window. And then I felt like, mm-hmm. shit, I wondered why I was depressed. And I was in these toxic and abusive relationships. And I had no self-worth and the whole thing. And then when I was in my marriage and it was just absolutely terrible, I was completely lost. I actually lost my job. I was miserable at home. So I was drinking every night just to like take the edge off to fall asleep and get through my day. And I started working out. My mom was like, you need to start going to the gym because I had stopped working out for like probably like 10 years. I Mm. just Mm. wasn't a part of my life. And so I honestly just wanted to get out of my house. I wanted me and my kids to not be home for at least two hours out of the day because yeah, my ex was, he was home during the day and he worked at night. And so I started to work out. And then maybe like two months later, I just, my confidence got a little bit better. Mm. I started losing some of the baby weight because I had my son at 30. And there's a big difference between having a child at 30 and in your early 20s. Uh, <laughs> our body just doesn't recover as quickly. So I was just really insecure about my body. And so when I started feeling better, I started feeling like, you know, my clothes fit better and I was losing a little, little bit of weight. I actually could, it took me out of like, it cleared the fog, right? So I could actually see my situation for what it was. And I was just like, this is not who I am. This is not for me. This doesn't feel good. And then of course, when I started working out and feeling better, I wanted to eat better. And I again, had had the knowledge. I've always been like health conscious. And so, yeah, I left that marriage and that just really started my journey to like getting to know myself again and figuring out like who I was outside of people telling me who I was because Mm. I had spent so long, like just if you didn't tell me what to do, I didn't know what to do. And because I was in horrible relationships, I just, I stayed small because anything outside of that would rock the boat, you know, and I would, it would just cause fights and all that stuff. So yeah, I just started just asking all the hard questions, doing the meditations. I went to the gym like seven days a week. And in the beginning, it was like punishment. I just wanted my body to hurt so that my soul would stop hurting. You know what I mean? Like my emotions would calm down. I could get out of my head and just like put it into my body. It has since shifted. Now I intuitively move my body in a way that feels good. But yeah, in the beginning, it was definitely a punishment. It was definitely like a, let's just, let's hurt in this way. Cause that was oh, easier for me. Fascinating. And yeah, so I started, I just started feeling better slowly. And then human design, I just, I joined an intuitive, like a six week intuitive program, coaching program. Cause I was like, everybody was talked about, be intuitive, listen to your higher self. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, (laughs) I don't know. Like, (laughs) what is this higher self? Like, I'm still like, I had enough clarity, but not enough. You know, Mm -hmm. I was, there was still something missing. And so yeah, human design found me and I went through my chart and I just have not stopped since. It was the permission for me to like be who I was, to see all these aspects of me that I thought were wrong, that people had pushed down because, you know, a lot of people, they don't understand they're afraid of, you know, or they don't Mm -hmm. like, or, you know, especially in a situation where you're, it's manipulative and all that stuff. They want you to fall in line. People, you know, parents mean the best, but they want you to do what makes them comfortable, right? That's mm-hmm. often how parents face their kids. And so, mm-hmm. so yeah, human design came in the way. And then I actually, then I found Sahara Rose. I started deep diving into like her podcast and she always talked about IAN holistic health. And I was like, Ooh, that's always been like a interest, the health thing. And so I joined that. And then it was like, I don't know, maybe three quarters of the way through the program, we had a whole section on gut health and it blew my mind. So I was like, this is fascinating. Like 99% of illnesses are traced back to the gut. Our emotional solar plexus is ruled by the gut. There's just such a connection, the mind-gut connection. We always talk about trusting our gut. I'm like, there's something here. There's This is so important. And so then I went on to get another certification in gut health because I am just, I have an undefined will center. So of course, all of the imposter syndrome and feeling like I need to prove myself. I have to have mm-hmm. all the, you know, degrees and certifications. Will, will center? Ego center. Yeah. Ego. Got it. Ego okay, center. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have mine undefined. So I just always feel like I have to prove myself, right? I have to mm-hmm. have the things to make me worthy of speaking on something. So yeah, that's basically how that happened. And then I, at the time was in a corporate job and then COVID happened. And I was like, you know what? I am so passionate. I've never been so lit up in my life the way I am about like gut health and human design. So I'm like, I want to make this my business, my life purpose, Mm. like what I show up for. And I started the podcast, uh, Emotional Mastery Podcast, as a way to like use my voice because that was always the thing in all of my relationships, in my childhood. Every time I spoke up, I was shamed for it or I was told I was wrong or, you know, so I started the podcast as a way to like talk and I didn't promote it for like a year. I didn't tell anybody about it. Oh my God. It was just like me. It was almost like my like online journal, right? Like I would just like get it out. And then this past year, I just 
was like, you know what? It's been almost two years that I was doing it. I was like, it's time to like actually take it seriously or step away. And it was just the thing that lit me up. So I think that answered more than your question. I completely like got taken away with the story. (laughs) Oh my God. It was fascinating. (laughs) Okay. So I want to jump back to this idea of working out to like feel that pain in your body. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's so fascinating. And I just want to go back to that because I I, I want to explore it a little bit. Like, do you think that like you needed to feel the pain in your body because it matched the pain that was going on in your head? Like, I'm so curious. Was it that or like, like, do you think you were punishing yourself? Like what was going on? I think it could have been both. I think because of the way I dealt with my emotions in my life and, and there are even still like times today where I get triggered and I notice this pattern, this really toxic and unhealthy pattern within myself where it's like, I, my emotions hurt. And so then I project that outwards onto people because I want them to actually hurt me with their words now. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't want to be like physical, but like I do like, I'll start something or I'll pick at something just to have somebody. It's like, I want their words to hurt me. Right. Cause then mm-hmm. I can feel it even more intensely. And so I really catch myself now. And in those moments when I want to go there, I meditate or I do get, I get in my mat and I do yoga or I run, you know, there's ways to like manage it now. But back then, yeah, I think it was just, I was in so much pain and I didn't know how to tap into it that if I can Mm. go to the gym and for an hour, just push my body so hard to the point where it's like shaking. And you know what I mean? Like that was Mm -hmm. a way to like bring it out Mm -hmm. in a, in a different way. And then I would go home and, and cry. (laughs) Of course. Of course. Yeah. 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 I would be on the treadmill sobbing. (laughs) 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 Yeah. So it's, it was, yeah, it was a two part thing. I learned then that I didn't have to push my body so hard, you know, Mm. then it just became more of like, I, when I got to the point, I think where I just felt confident in myself again, then I could just kind of be like, okay, I don't need it this intense all the time. I can just kind of, yeah, move with it and do yoga instead of yoga. Mm. Cause I used to do yoga, but I would do yoga and then I would run and then I would do weights. You know? So now it's like, I can just show up and do a yoga class and feel okay. I don't have to like push it so much further. Right, 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 right. That is so fascinating. So fascinating. I feel like this idea of like processing emotion through working out is so huge. And I forget it in my own, I forget it all the time, like all the time, but it can Mm -hmm. be such a healing, like doing a movement class mixed with emotion or even like I'm starting doing these, like, um, I don't even know what to call them, but like yelling squats. (laughs) Mm-hmm. It's part of um, Kimberly Ann Johnston uh, wrote a book called, uh, oh my God, I'm not going to remember it, but it's um, it's about like basically somatic therapy practices. And she was jealous of all these dudes at the gym that were like picking up their weights and like being like, like throwing them down on the ground and being like, ugh, like I'm done. And she was like, I want to have that experience in my life more often. Like I want to be able to be mad and like let that rage out. So it's really cool to hear you yeah. like figure it well, and out. And also that making that noise, it like stimulates our vagus nerve, right? And it actually mm-hmm. calms us down. And it was funny. I used to like, when I used to start, when I started going to the gym, I was so intimidated by just the whole thing, right? Like, yeah, mm. there are men out there going, oh, you know, and I was just like, whoa. And then women would be doing the same thing. And like, ah, and I'm just like over here with like five pound weights when I first started. <laughs> but like, but it's like, as obviously, like, as I got more, like more into it, I would notice myself like making the noises just because like, yeah, you are pushing your body, you are challenging mm-hmm. your body. And it's a way it does like calm you down, it helps you get through it, you know, so it's just like really interesting that I guess that connection, but it's also, you know, so my gym just closed. And I was looking at all these other gyms. And I was thinking, my mom has been working out for her whole life. But I think there's an element of insecurity now that she's getting older. And so one of the gyms that we were going to go to, or she was looking at, she was like, yeah, it's just, it's a bunch of meatheads and they're all making noise and da da whatever. And I was just, so I was just like, but like, I think it's that for her, it's that element of insecurity with her age and like showing up to a place where there's younger kids, whatever. But I don't know. That was a complete side note, but yeah, I no, I think it. it is powerful, right? To like be able to go out there and even in meditation, like I used to like anytime people would make noises, you know, or like release and, and like groan or sigh, I would be like, oh my gosh, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And like now I'm just like, I take, I do the class. Um, I th- They were on the, oh, yeah. the podcast or Tara to me. Yeah. So I started doing that and it is so beautiful and so amazing, but there's a lot of that within there too. So it's I've heard of it. And what's included, like it's movement paired with sound. What is it? I honestly have been trying to explain it to people because it's <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so wild because I have 
I've always been like more in the masculine space. I feel like just as a, per- mm. you know, like I have two kids, I do it by myself. I don't, it's hard for me to ask for help. Um, I've just always like kept everything like really reserved and just so I've always felt like super masculine. But lately I'm like, I want to like pull out that feminine part, right? Because it's like, even in relationships, like I show up in this this masculine way, but like I actually really want the man, like I want to be taken care of, but I want my mm-hmm. freedom at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, how can I like tap into that within myself? And so the, the class, it's like this really it's really like it does push your body, but it's in a super like feminine, mm-hmm. like there's spirituality in there. But like my body has been crazy sore since I started it. So it is like oh. challenging, but I feel like almost, yeah, I just feel like super feminine while I'm doing it. It's really, I don't even, it's so hard to explain, but it's so beautiful and it really brings you into your body, but it also brings up emotions too. I will say that. So if you start the class, like there have been times where I've cried because I'm just like, mm-hmm. where's this coming from? Like, I don't know, but it's a combination of the music and the movements and super intentional but it is beautiful it's so beautiful and i just love too that your practice is marrying human design which is all about the body as the authority and getting out of our brains and our ego centers to make decisions and like what does our body feel and this like holistic health journey and then also like how you got there which is through movement I think is so powerful. Like you're bringing the two together, you're getting into your body and then you're learning about your body. It's incredible. Well, that's the thing that we're all, I think it's just, we're all conditioned to not be in our body. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, we're all meant to like make decisions with our mind. And I don't even know where I heard it or where I read it, but it's like, you know, like really successful male entrepreneurs or CEOs or businessmen or whatever. It's like, they could all, it's like they always make decisions with their gut. Right. But people never Mm -hmm. question it. But yeah, when a woman mm-hmm. does it, we're too emotional. Oh, aren't you going to think that through? Or you really want to make that decision? It's like, why? There's such a double standard there. And so I think as women, yeah, especially we're so cut off. We just want to be so about the mind to make the right decisions and be mm-hmm. ahead of the game because we have to like work so much harder. But really, like, it's so powerful to actually be in your body, right? And to like mm-hmm. bring it into that space and to trust yourself. And it doesn't always make sense, but it's so powerful and it's so beautiful. Okay, I feel like that dovetails real nicely into <laughs> talking about authority, which you and yeah. I had a chat about, which I like really loved. So I'm emotional authority. I feel like it takes me days to even make the smallest, tiniest decision. You're emotional authority too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yes. Let's talk about it. How have you seen <laughs> how I'm actually curious, like how have you seen emotional versus non-emotional? Yeah, it's interesting. I think there's there so obviously everyone is emotional. Like even if you're open right. or non or or undefined. The biggest difference I've noticed in in the emotional solar plexus with people, I think the open emotional solar plexus people are so cut off because when they get it, it's they get everything right it's really really intense for them this is just what i've seen and you know in the people that i've known who are open a lot of them just like i've had people who are like i don't know like if somebody died like if i would cry because they're just so disconnected from their emotions whereas i feel like undefined emotional solar plexus people are they tend to feel it more often they tend to be more they seem to be more on the defined emotions almost right like they can identify themselves as being like really emotional I am defined emotionally. I have the 1222 channel, which makes my emotional solar plexus defined, which is super intense, super chaotic. It's all the romance. It's the music and the passion and the, all that mm-hmm. stuff, which is like, I roll my eyes because I'm just like, I'm so tired of it sometimes. <laughs> like, can't I just like not? <laughs> Especially in relationships. I know. And I'm a Leo moon and a Leo rising. So I'm like oh so dramatic and so emotional. I'm just like, give it all to me and let's be like so passionate. <laughs> and it's like, it's so hard to maintain sometimes. But I've like... You're making it look easy. So give like I just want to give you a little, <laughs> little bit of credit there. Like you make it look good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, come let, let's be in an intimate relationship and I'm sure you'll <laughs> Okay, I got it. Okay. <laughs> Different story. <laughs> That's funny because like I noticed like everybody I've been in romantic relationships in or with, they've been undefined. And the one person mm. is open. And that was the, it was so difficult because that person, because they were open, was so like disconnected from it that they like I feel like they couldn't even express how they felt about me. And it was really confusing because I'm like, I'm all over here. Like, I'm ready to tell you I love you. And you're just like, Ooh, you know what I mean? So it was like this weird, 
I didn't know how to like navigate that. And of course, like just show up as yourself. That's what I would always tell myself. I'm like, just be you. And if you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're emotional, you're dramatic. You want to express things, especially with so much Leo energy in me. I'm like, I want to praise you and I want to like make you feel really good. Mm. But not getting that return was really confusing. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, no, it took me a long time to like get in touch with that emotional authority because I have an undefined root too. So it's like I would have to like ride things through my wave. My my root would be like, make the decision now. We can't wait. Like we got to get this off. Like let go of this pressure. And so, especially even in bartending, like I feel like it works well. But I've had to really like let myself go and just be like, okay, that person can wait for five seconds, right? Like I don't have to like be on it right now. I can, I can take a little bit more time to like get where I'm going. So yeah, that's been a really interesting thing to navigate because I still want to be impulsive all the time. It's like I've, and I've learned to do the three, like the three time rule. So I'm like, if it comes up for me three times, uh, then I will really tap in, but I have my spleen, I have my spleen, my sacral and my emotions defined. So I have the splenic response. I have the sacral response, but yet I still have to pull it through my wave. So it can be really challenging. Damn. Well, yeah, because splenic is like like a very like internal knowing, right? Yeah. Spidey sense in in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm that's like that that's been the hardest one for me to learn and to like explain to people because I feel like the sacral and the spleen for me that like in the moment responses, I, it's hard for me to distinguish the two of them. Mm. I know the sacral is more of like the the noises and the uh-huh, uh-huh, like the knowing, but then the spleen mm. is like so quiet and so like just once, right? It's almost like your intuition. Your intuition is super soft, super loving, super just like gentle. And then it kind of like goes away. So I'm like, I don't know. I've got so much going on in there. <laughs> I don't know what's what. <laughs> then you gotta ride that wave for yeah. as long as the wave takes. Exactly. We don't know how long it's gonna be. <laughs> yeah. What what make, what is your definition for your uh, emotions? Like what channel defines it? What channel defines it? Let me pull it up. So I'm actually while while I pull that up, I would love to, for you to explain. So what's the difference between undefined and open? So when you have an undefined center, it means that you have a gate active. So like, say, let's just say you're looking at the emotional solar plexus, it'll be white, but maybe you'll have gate 37, whether Mm -hmm. it's black or red. And if it's open, you have nothing. There are zero activations whatsoever. So yeah, when we talk about the emotional solar plexus being open, people who have that, that setup, they have zero gates active in their solar plexus. Got so it's it. so if you think about it, it's literally disconnected completely from the rest of the chart. There is no energy calling in or out. You know what I mean? Like Damn. there's nothing, there's nothing being pulled there. So like if you're open or undefined, but you have gate 37, you're you're gonna be calling for the other side of that. Right. Like oh, you're gonna be seeking that. So yeah. So it's just okay. like this little like floating part that it's just randomly over there that you're like, oh, hi, I don't know really what you want, but hey, <laughs> I know you're there. <laughs> I see you sometimes, <laughs> never. Yeah. Yeah. 37, 40. And I think that that is my defining incarnation cross. A lot of openness, but like a lot of good definition. I mean, ugh, there is no good and there's no bad. I don't have a defined G center. I don't have a defined ego center. For So for me, those are the two biggest like conditioning shadow aspects of my chart because I'm always like, I never feel like I'm worthy and then I never actually know who I am. Like I'm always questioning that. So like, of course, that you would have those defined. And it's not to say that you can't fall into those spaces, but like, your question may not be, am I worthy or, you know, who am I? It's more like, will I be accepted as I am mm. as opposed to being like trying to find who you are? I feel seen. <laughs> yeah, you feel seen. <laughs> I feel very seen right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you know (laughs) yeah yeah and that's that can be hard too right because it's like you're you show up as yourself and yeah that rejection still hurts you know Mm. it's not like if there is a rejection there obviously but yeah so very much still hurts and the rejection for me is like the right word rather than like abandoned or not included is also a triggering one but for sure rejection is like trigger word hello yeah Yeah. (laughs) hello trauma we see you (laughs) Yeah, that's a big one. That's yeah. I feel that a lot. That's what comes up all the time in my romantic relationships. It's like even the smallest thing, if it's not like the way that I want it, and I know this is like my Leo, like that whole like thing where I'm just like, no, I need to be like so seen in every way. But like if I'm not, then yeah, I'm like, what did I do? Like, why don't you like me? Why are you rejecting me? Like, why aren't you there for me? And it's like, no, calm down, Rochelle. Like <laughs> not everybody has to be on the same page all the time, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's- 
so hard. That's been like the biggest learning lesson for me in my marriage is like, it just because you can't show up for me in the moment that I need it doesn't mean that you're a bad person and that this relationship isn't going to last. Like it was one moment in a slew of moments of life. <laughs> and there will be a time when you are like there, we are like able to comfort me when I need it. But oh my God, it's so hard to see in the moment. It's so hard to see in the moment. It is. And we're all projections for each other, right? And mm -hmm. I've always like for me and what I always – have you read The Four Agreements? Mm -mm. But at the Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, Ruiz um, but it is so good. It's really it's a short book, but it's literally the Four Agreements are be impeccable with your words because our words matter to ourselves and to others, right? Like what you say is a reflection of what you think, and so take nothing personally, assume nothing, and do the best that you can. And so I always like these. I have it as a reminder on my phone every single day, and I always, especially in relationships, when I feel so like hurt or triggered that I have to remember like, first of all, I don't know what their intention was. I'm assuming that I know what was going on. I'm taking it personally when really it probably had nothing to do with me, right? It's yeah. like, exactly. Like it's never really about us, right? Even the right. most hurtful things that's like, even if somebody cheated on you, like that is an issue with them. That is something that's going on that they need to deal with and it hurts and it's, you know, like it's hard, but I think just having that, that compassion to understand or to work to understand what it was, you know, mm -hmm. like why or yeah, we just, we internalize so much and mm -hmm. we're human. We're going to, you know, like even, even like working with that, it's, it still hurts, you know? Mm. So, still hurts, but yeah. yeah, just doing the best that you can and showing up and maybe in a moment, just like pulling yourself back and be like, okay, let's reframe this. And mm. I love that. Yeah. It's like this big thing of learning not to trust the thoughts that I feel like that's just been my life's work is to not trust the thoughts that come up in my brain because they're untrustworthy. <laughs> They yeah. personalize, they're, they love to make drama, <laughs> mm -hmm. they've got a lot of old wounds that have nothing to do with the situation that I'm in. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And it's so hard to, because it's like a lot of it is like subconscious, right? Mm -hmm. It is from that subconscious, unconscious conditioning. It's like, how do you, sometimes I get like overwhelmed with it where I'm like, oh, I've been doing like so much work, right? And I'm like, mm -hmm. how do you stop that from happening. But awareness is the first step. Obviously, it's huge. And then that's where I also like pull into my body, right? And that's why movement to me, you know, making sure I take care of my gut. It's that it's that cycle. It's like if I'm not feeling well, I'm not going to make good decisions. And then mm. my gut's going to be out of balance and then I'm not going to feel well. But it's like somewhere in there, you have to like put a stop to it and just change one small thing. Change one small thing. And then I'll baby step forward. I mm -hmm. love that. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey there. I hope you're enjoying this week's episode. I know I am. If you're enjoying the Lit AF podcast, I humbly ask you to make a financial contribution to the Lit AF tip jar. Your support will help make this podcast happen. Financial contributions help to cover costs like podcast hosting site, podcast recording software, and it also helps us to pay our amazing, talented podcast editor that brings us these sweet episodes every single week. Monthly and one-off donation options are available, and we've got some sweet thank you gifts for everyone participating. If you're interested in making your financial contribution, please visit sarahcohan.com forward slash tip jar. That's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com forward slash tip jar. Now back to this week's episode. Thank you so much. Amazing. Okay. So how have you used human design in your parenting? So I know like, yeah, it's been so helpful. I pulled both my kids' charts. I've studied it. Um, I still have sometimes have to go back and reference it, but I know like the basic things, right? Like my son who's five, he's a two, four pure generator, defined head, which is the most frustrating, difficult thing because this child like tells you how it is. Like he runs the show all the time. And I'm just like, kid, you like, but I also don't want to like break his spirit, right? Because it is such a beautiful quality to have. And it's interesting because he is being raised at a time where I was aware of this knowledge, right? Like I basically, I think he was like 
18 months or maybe two when I first came into it. So really he's being raised according to his design. I'm really kind of just letting him roll with it and just like within reason, obviously, if you come mm-hmm. in my room and throw something at me, right, there's going to be consequences. But I work really hard to like work with him in that way. And then my daughter is a little bit, she's 11. Uh, she's a one three. So the most insecure and selfish of the profiles because that's the base, right? So she asked me 8,000 questions and she wants to know, like, even before this, I was like, they're at my parents' house now, but I was like, I'm going to drop you off at Nan and Pop's house. And then I have a phone call. And then, you know, but she's like, well, what are we doing after that? And how long is that going to take this? And then I'm like six, three over here. I'm like, I don't know. Like, (laughs) I don't even know what I'm doing after I put my shoes on, right? Like (laughs) it can change so fast for me. And she... But it's been so helpful knowing that she needs that foundation. She needs mm-hmm. the security to understand. And so when I find myself wanting to like brush her questions off and be like, no, this is literally what makes her feel safe. This is mm-hmm. what makes her feel secure. So even if I get frustrated, I can just be like, listen, Lace, I will try to answer your questions to the best of my ability, but know that there's going to be some fluidity in our day, right? Like I don't know all the plans. Like let's just kind of roll with it if we can. I'll answer questions as we go. And just like always coming back with her has been really helpful. She has her emotions and her sacral defined and that's it. She's completely open or undefined, but she's every other center is open. So she is very sensitive, very emotional, sensitive to energy. She sees a lot in the house. Like I've always, I was having this conversation at the bar the other day with somebody that we were talking about like ghosts and stuff. And uh, they were asking me if I've seen them, but my daughter, she always, she does, she sees things out around the house. Mm. She sees energy. She sees spirits. And I've never, ever, like my parents would be like, brush it aside. Like, no, you don't like you're being ridiculous. But like when like here, I always am like, well, are you afraid of it? Did you talk to it? You know, you can always tell it you don't want to see it now or you can always like kind of shut it down at night. And the person I was talking to was like, yeah, as we get older, usually by like whatever age we we always shut that down. And I was like, well, my daughter's 11 and she still actively sees that stuff all the time. Uh... And I think it's just because I'm you know what I mean? Like I'm so aware of it. I'm trying to help her manage her energy. Mm-hmm. And so human design has just been helpful to understand like how open she really is and like what wow. she's taking in. So, Oh my God. That's incredible. I was going to say 11 is so old to still be seeing. Yeah. It's yeah. So cool. Mm-hmm. And she like, she'll like, yeah, some of it to me, like it, and that, and that's my own like shadow and my own projection, but some of it like looks creepy to me where I'm like, this is mm. my house. Like she, like the other night she was like, yeah, I woke up and there was this guy like as tall as the ceiling. And he was just like looking over me and he was in like, he had long hair and I was like, sounds terrifying. <laughs> but I asked her, I was like, I was like, did it, did it scare you? Was it mean? And she's like, no, he was just standing there. And I was like, well, okay. Wow. <laughs> as long as he stays out of my room, we're good. <laughs> yeah. Tell her. <laughs> <laughs> but I work like every night. I like, I have this like light switch. I just imagine a light switch in my head and I just like shut it off at night. And I'm like, nope. Love not that. that. And then, and now we're good. Thank you. Not yeah, today. Yeah. This is my space now. My bed. I sage my bed. I like open her windows and sh- sage her room when I can. Mm. And she's, mm. it's an interesting age too, because she's so aware of like my practices and my spirituality, but I also encourage her to find her own. And it's something mm. we're dealing with now. And she has some friends that are very religious and who have said like she gets tarot cards and like, oh, that's demonic. And it's just it's it's a hard time to navigate, especially I feel like being so open to so much. That's uh, that's a tough age. And she is lucky to have you. <laughs> just going to say that out loud. Yeah. That's really yeah. cool. I think it's really, really cool. It's really inspiring to hear parents talk about raising their children according to their design. It's been so helpful. Yeah. If you are a parent or if you are pregnant or planning to have kids, like it's just, it has literally changed the game for me. It's just helped with having so much compassion and just like slowing Mm -hmm. down. And and even like the one thing I learned like through therapy too, because I went to therapy for years, but like the thing is like, we're always going to get frustrated with our kids. We're always going to get mad with our kids. We're always going to have an element of wanting to, like I said before, like you want to raise them in a way that's comfortable for you because that's what you know. Right. And the trick is like in those moments, like, yeah, I'm going to yell at my kids. I'm going to get frustrated. Even my daughter, sometimes she'll be like, why are you so mad at me? And I'm just like, Ugh. but I always will go back and be like, listen, first of all, most of that had nothing to do with you. I was frustrated for X, Y, Z reasons. I apologize for bringing it out on you. But also like, if it is that something that she's done going back, even if it's two hours later and just been like, listen, I still love you. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, we're going to work through this. Like, is there anything you want to say? How can I support you? Let's, let's work together in this. You know, I find that. And as I'm navigating the mother wound, which is a huge Mm. thing. And I noticed that comes up a lot with my daughter. She triggers that in me. And so I'm really working intentionally to like move through that. But 
yeah, I think that's just like repairing that bond after the fact is Mm. seems to be in my experience with my kids seems to be the key. That's beautiful. I love that. Yeah. As I, I grew up in a very traumatic household, a lot of abuse and the emotion of anger was just, it it was a really scary, really like uh, not popular emotion in my household because it just was tied to so much like outbursts and violence and anger and, and yelling. And it made it so that anger, I like closed myself off from the emotion of anger for so long. Mm-hmm. And now I'm coming to realize that like anger is on the shelf of emotions at the same height as all the other emotions. Like it's, yeah, it's just as important and just as useful and holding it in is only going to make it come out worse like later. Mm-hmm. And so now that I am like getting more and more comfortable with anger, it it's like playing this dance of like, okay, how can I like notice the fear that's coming up with anger and, and try to process that and realize that it's not, it's not this bigger thing. So it's, what I'm trying to say is that like anger and frustration are like impossible not to express. Mm-hmm. I think it's like, we, we, I would love to see us like start to move forward and, and see it as something that we need to learn how to process just like any other emotion, including happiness and joy. How did you navigate that? Like, what are the tools that you have now to like deal with that as it comes up? Because I would imagine, yeah. I mean, I know in my life too, anger has always been like the thing that's been been big and scary and, and mm. I never really let myself feel. So yeah, I would just be curious, like what what are the tools that you have? Yeah, I love that. Well, like I said earlier, these anger squats, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is literally just like squatting and like grunting and like making... <laughs> this, like really letting that, like how would that emotion play out inside my body somatically and see how that plays out. And it also means saying, I literally said to my husband the other night, I was like, I'm mad. (laughs) Like I'm angry. And it was the first time I've said it without any guilt or shame around it, which was really cool. So I think just like honoring it, letting it flow through me, and and announcing it when it's here. I think those are my tools. Yeah. And, you know, punching a pillow and (laughs) working out. (laughs) You know, the very first time I like really let it out, because too, for me, yeah, it was always like, there was always this like aggressiveness to anger that I was like, Mm. I can't be like that. So even, yeah, I was such a people pleaser. And if somebody was like, are you mad? I'd be like, no, 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 I'm fine. Right. Because I didn't want to like, I felt like if I was angry, that meant like this huge aggressive like energy. Mm -hmm. But like, I think it was like last year I went out and I had a few drinks with my parents and they were just asking questions that were triggering me. And then I was bringing up shit with this person that I was seeing. And it was just the whole thing. Like I was just like spiraling in this loop of like toxic, Mm. whatever. And I came home and I was like, so, so mad. Like I punched my wall. I like Mm. bruised my hand. I took a bat. I was like beating my bed and it like scared me in the moment. But like after I felt so free, I was like, oh my God, this is what it feels like to get it out. Yes. You know what I mean? Like instead of just like suppressing it, my therapist, she was always like, you just need to take a bat to some plates and just like, if you can have a safe space and just like let it out. And yes. even like talking about it, I can feel the like suppressed stuff from like the past. But yeah, even, even like you just said, like being able to say like, when somebody is asked me, are you mad? Being like, yes. You know, it doesn't have to like be anything beyond that. Right. Just being right. A moment, like, yeah, I'm mad. I don't want to talk about it right now, but I'm like fucking pissed off. You know, it's okay. There's just, like, you know, there's no shame in that. There's nothing wrong with it because yeah, anger is just showing us that there's an injustice somewhere, right? right. Like that's our reality. It doesn't have to be anybody else's reality, right. but your reality is valid. And I think that's what we always just, that's hard. It's, you know, our experiences, we always want to be like, oh, well, I don't have it as bad as this person or this person, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And it's like, stop comparing and just like honor yourself and what you're going through because it's real. It's real. Yeah. I remember the first time as uh, a kid, I was hanging out with a family friend and like their family was just like bickering. And I was just like, (laughs) why is everyone so mad? I'm freaking out. Like no one else seems to be freaking out. And everyone is just freely expressing how angry they all are. And I was like, oh, this is a very secure household. Like there's no, there's no trauma or abuse here. Like they're, they're just freely expressing it. And that to me has been my, my kind of guidepost as I'm like, you know, growing into anger in my life is like, oh, I, we can do that healthily. And I, and I have this like, you know, expansive family that is showing me the way. Yeah. That's beautiful. I was seeing this one guy and, and to me, like I said, my definition, my definition of anger is a little bit, it's not healthy for sure, but we were like hanging out and he like got a little irritated at one point 
but I didn't like think anything of it. I, w- I just got quiet because I was like, whoa, like obviously whatever. But, and so like we got in bed that night and he was like, I'm really sorry for like yelling at you. And I was like, that was yelling. Like I, you know what I mean? Like I didn't realize he was like actually angry. I thought I just like rubbed him wrong a little bit, you know, but he was like, yeah, sorry, I yelled at you. But then I was like, oh wow. Like that's probably a healthier expression of it. Right. Mm. Is not like freaking out and making me feel like shame and guilt or whatever. I just got quiet because that's my trauma and my conditioning. When I, when I rub anyone the wrong way, I just like kind of like mm-hmm. shrink in. Mm-hmm. And so I just like got quiet. Cause I was like, Ooh, I don't want to like keep rocking the boat, but like, I wasn't bothered or upset. Um, mm-hmm. and then it was just funny for him to like, feel bad that he yelled at me. And I don't know if it was because he knows my past that he thought mm. he probably saw me shut down. Right. Mm-hmm. And then like mm-hmm. thought about it, but yeah, it was really interesting. Cause I was just like, oh, I wasn't really bothered because I didn't like, to me like that wasn't all... yelling, but yeah, like we all have different <laughs> yeah. definitions of it. Yeah. yeah. But it was, but it was an example of what something healthy actually looks like. Right. I love that. Yeah. And like, like you were saying, I love what you said about, um, coming back after the fact and like checking in and like showing love and, um, expressing love is such an important way to, to come back after, after something like that. Like, and not just with your kids, with anybody, you know, like with your partner, with your spouse, like with a friend, it's always, cause I think sometimes our pride, especially we're so generous with our kids. Right. But then when it comes to like a partner or a friend or whatever, Mm -hmm. it's like our pride comes in the way and, Oh, I can't say I'm sorry. Cause you did wrong and did it or whatever. And it's like, just coming back and after, yeah. And just being like, you know, like I not even like apologize. I have this weird thing with apologizing. Like I try not to, unless like it's genuinely like valid, but like we, as women, we apologize for everything. Right. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, but it's like always coming back and just being like, you know, I didn't mean to like raise my voice like that or say those things or whatever. And, and yeah, it's just, I think so many times we just relationships can be ruined from, Mm -hmm. from our pride and our ego and not wanting to like look wrong or be wrong. And right. It's just, I don't know. You gotta let that go. You gotta let that go. And I love what you're saying about apologies. It's like, I'm just, I'm, I think I'm really deconditioning from the idea that, um, anything I like just kind of this guilt and shame spiral that I've just been living in and living through with addiction and like all these other ways to constantly feel that guilt and shame, kind of what you were talking about with working out. And now I'm under like, just really trying to decondition from this idea that like, so many things that we do that we punish ourselves for are like not actually bad or wrong. Like it's not wrong to yell and it's not wrong to be angry, but there is a way to come together without having to apologize for it, which is so beautiful. Yeah. My son. So again, he's five, he's a Scorpio rising. So he's got a lot of karma anyway, but he, I've known he's always had kind of anger issues, right? Like he has, if he doesn't get his way, he like throws things or he kicks a wall or he, he has before like spit or he's come into my room and like ripped up books and papers. And so I've seen that in him and I'm, I work really, really hard not to shame him for it. Like mm-hmm. I don't ever want to shut it down, but I will always tell him like, I used to have like a face chart on the fridge and I was like, what is your, what are you feeling right now? And then we used to like name the anger. I had read somewhere that it was like powerful and to like name the anger. Cause then it, it becomes like, it's right. It's, it's separate from you, but like, so I don't know. We used to call him the Hulk. I was like, all right, is the Hulk coming out? Or is like, is Christian going to be here? Or like, who am I talking to now? And he would like kind of giggle or whatever. But yeah, I've noticed just like, it's okay to express it. And that's what I always tell him when he gets in those moments. I'm like, listen, it's okay to be angry. You can be mad at me. You can be mad at your sister. You can be mad at your grandparents, whoever it is. That is okay. But let's work with how we're going to express it, right? Like hitting a wall or kicking somebody or, you know, like ripping up a book that you actually love. Like we had tickets to go to the state fair and he every day was like, mom, I want to go. I want to go. And of course they give them the free tickets during like nine to five, Monday through Friday when like nobody's available. Like, and so I was (laughs) like, I don't know what I can take you, but like, and so he got so mad at me one day, he ripped it up and he threw it all over the place. And I was like, dude, now we can't even go if we wanted to. Right. And then he like (laughs) cried and he was so upset, but I was like, I understand that you are mad and that's okay. Right. But like, let's not be destructive. Like how else could we have done this? And just, and I really try and ask him to him, like, how can I support, like, what do you need? Right. Like, what can I give you right now that you need? Because I don't want to just assume that you need X, Y, Z, you know, and if that's not what you want. So such a powerful question. Your kids. I'm just like so excited for your kids. (laughs) Such a cool like what I, I think it's just amazing the work that you're doing, like ending generational trauma, providing this like incredible environment to honor them as they are. I really I, I feel like I'm working a lot with my daughter because. 
I do feel that mother wound, that that mm. female wounding between the two of us. I'm like so honored that, you know, like people will say that to me when I talk about like raising my children, like, oh my gosh, like you kids are so lucky. But there is there is something between my, me and my daughter that's powerful. And I'm really trying to work through that because it is a reflection of my own. It's really hard. It's really painful sometimes. And I do notice I get frustrated with her more than I do my son. And so I'm really like working through that. And I just want to make that clear. Like, you know, of course, like I'm not a perfect parent. Like I don't have it all together. I'm like, some days I'm just like, I yell at them. I'm like, go to your rooms. And I go in my closet and I cry, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, it, it is human. It is raw. It is real. And I'm really working through that. So I just want to say that you know, if you are a parent listening or anything, like it is also okay to be in that space. It is hard as fuck <laughs> to raise children. And <laughs> so it's like, nobody is perfect. Mm, I thank you for saying that. It's so real. Yeah. <laughs> it's so real. I love that. Okay. So my last question for you is you mentioned earlier that you are a bartender, mm-hmm. which I love. I love that the fact that you're a holistic health coach mixed with a bartender. And I'm assuming the bartending is, you know, like a current bridge job or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So how do you manage both worlds? Yeah, it's really interesting. I So I was in corporate be- before COVID and then COVID happened. I lost my job and I was obviously I want to run my own business and it will be thriving and beautiful and big one day and I will be working for myself. But obviously in the meantime, oh, yeah. we all need bridge jobs and things to support us. And so I just I didn't want to go back into corporate. I just felt like it sucked the life out of me. I couldn't be myself. I just felt like I was playing, I was like in this box of like not being able to show up as myself because I'm, you know, six, three chaotic. And I'm just, I skim over things. And yeah, anyway, so corporate felt really restrictive. And so I like, I was looking for a bartending job. I had never bartended before, but I was like, you know what? Bartenders make more money than servers. I'm just going to try Like, why not? Like whatever, like almost as a joke. And I sent in an application because unemployment was getting all messed up. They were like, you owe us like 12 K. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I don't have that money. (laughs) What's going on? So I was like, I have to find a job. And yeah, so I started bartending. I had the most anxiety for like probably three weeks, like the first month, I was just like, oh my God, like I can't do this. I being Mm. in this space of like, I was so deeply in my spiritual mode. Like I was just at home and I was in flow with myself and I was really meditating. And then I go into this chaotic environment where, yeah, like in a bar, like people come in pissed off, angry, they're drunk. They want, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. it is a lot of, lot of low vibrational energy that does come into the bar. So like going from the space of like just being in my energy with my kids, you know, to like going to that was like really like shocked my system really badly. But like once I settled into that, then of course the Leo in me kind of got like all this like, you know, because everybody loves the bartender, right? Like most people go and they want to talk to the bartender and they want your story and you get to like talk to amazing people and learn their stories. And some people come in and want to be left alone. Some people come in and want to, you know, dump it all on you. Right. Mm -hmm. And so then I really started loving the social aspect of it, the engaging with people, the learning people's stories. And like, really that to me was such a help in my own business. Right. And of course, like if I get into it with someone, I'm like, do you know your birth time? Ah, (laughs) Yeah. I don't always have time to like sit with them for like hours, obviously, because like sometimes I'm busy, but it just like always come up or we'll talk about like astrology and we, we can get deep. Um, but yeah, there are some people that are just very, when they ask what I do outside of it and I bring up holistic health coaching, there are some people that are just like, (laughs) want nothing of it or like they shame me but it's really I think it's a really good practice to like come back into myself right like we were talking Mm -hmm. about like it's it it helps me ground in myself or it's it's when I first started it I noticed like when people asked me what I did outside of there I didn't really want to talk about the health coaching because I was like Mm -hmm. oh is this the space to talk about it or are they going to think that I think that I'm better than them but that was my own shadows right Mm -hmm. and so like now Mm -hmm. I like freely talk about it I had people I had someone the other day we were talking about, he was like, again, like, what do you do outside of here? And I was like, oh, I, I run a podcast and I have my business. And he was like, oh, you can't make money off podcasting. And I was like, maybe you can't. Hell, <laughs> hell yeah. But like, I love that. Yeah. So there's like, there's all these little things that really like empower me in that position. And so, but yeah, like some people come in and I'm not going to fix their problems, right? Like obviously if they mm-hmm. want to, they're more than welcome to work with me outside of the bar. But like, I think just holding space for them because- some people do just want to come talk and they are going through a lot at home. They don't want to be home or they're out. You know, I had someone literally like two days ago, we were talking about drinking wine and whiskey and all these things. And he was telling me how much he drank during the day or whatever. And I was like, yeah, I don't really drink that much anymore. And he was like, oh, you're, you're happy now, huh? And I was like, actually, I, yeah, I like, I laughed, but then I thought about it after. And I was like, that was actually a really powerful statement. And whether he yeah. meant it like sarcastically or kind of like in an asshole way, like fine, but it, yeah. it was true, right? Like I do drink and I'm, I, we talked about that. I'm kind of like, I'm 
phasing it out. It doesn't make me feel that good anymore. But obviously like being in the environment of alcohol and making drinks and I have to taste them and make sure the you know, it's, it's so yeah. leaving. I'm, I'm growing out of it. And I know one day, like obviously once I transition out of it completely, I know it's going to be powerful and it feels good. And it feels good to say no too, to be like, no, I'm not having a drink. Cause people will be like, Oh, have a shot with us. I'm like, eh, I'm not drinking right now, you know? And, and people don't care as much as you think they are, especially when you're giving up alcohol. Right. hundred percent. Um, but yeah, I thought that was just like a, that he said that was really powerful because it was like, yeah, I, I do like I am I am happy, right? Like I do realize I don't need it to fit in. I don't need it to define me. And if you're listening and you drink and you're struggling with it, like that's okay too, right? Like we're human, we're gonna go through phases. So I like I had a drink after work yesterday and I could have sat there and shamed myself because it was the full moon and I wanted to come home and meditate and do whatever. But I was just like, you know, I was with my coworkers, we were having a good time. And, you know, so and I knew I probably was gonna have I was I did, I struggled sleeping because even one glass of wine like does that to me now, right? Mm. And so it's like going in with knowing what it's gonna do to my body. But just not shaming myself for it because I know mm-hmm. my I know where I'm going. I feel more and more into it every single day. But yeah, mm, so I it's it's it. an interesting it's an interesting mix. But I think from the just like human side of it, it's been really powerful. Very cool. I love this. I love first of all that like you had no experience get in <laughs> like that is like the most six three move that you could make ever like right? oh, I've never been a bartender I'm just gonna go apply and get a job bartending like yeah and after the fact I like was telling somebody about it like six months after and they were like you started bartending and had no experience and I was like actually that was kind of badass of me I didn't even realize yes. that That's but like true. I like my very first like somebody was like oh I'll have a Jameson shot with a pickleback and it's literally just a chaser right but I was just yeah. like oh so I was like you want me to put pickle juice like in the shot and he like looked at me like I had three heads and I was like I got so many drinks wrong at first it was like embarrassing but I was just like okay google was my best friend like you're like cool i'll totally make that for you what is that you're like can i have like a vegas bomb i'm like absolutely let me go check on the food in the kitchen and i would be like what is a vegas bomb what is a vegas bomb i I don't know no i'm kidding it's it's red bull it's red bull um cranberry oh gosh i think i don't know i i've made it like twice Jeez, it sounds <laughs> it sounds like what you need in Vegas. Like a little bit of caffeine, a little bit of sugar, right. and probably a lot of alcohol. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember if it's whiskey or vodka. Oh my god! But like, wow. yeah, like, I don't. But either way, that's wild. Yeah, that's so cool. And I also just love that. Like, you're you're part of this job is literally connecting with people, and I think that that just shows like how deeply important connecting is mm. to you. And I think that like this calling is just so aligned. It's so cool to see. And like, you can be a little be Leo behind the bar. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, <laughs> it does. Flare. It makes me feel good. I'm like, Oh yeah, everybody wants to like know me and you know, oh, yeah. like, yeah. And I don't know if you're, if you're like, know your astrology or familiar with, or if your listeners are, but like um, my Chiron is in my 11th house, which is all about commun- community and the, and you know, the universal like collective and stuff like that. And so your Chiron is your wounded healer. And so Mm. that's kind of like, that has always been that social aspect for me. I think because of my experiences and my trauma, like I was always kind of afraid of people at a certain level where I was like, Ooh, I don't know if you're like your intentions are bad or wrong. And so this has just been so, so healing in that space where it's like, no, not everybody has bad intentions. And I can just truly like, even in that environment where there is a lot of like lower vibration, all that kind of shit, like there is still so much beauty in people. Like I was literally the other day at work and I was just like, you know what? People are so beautiful, right? Like we watch the news and there's just like so much negativity and toxicity and, you know, murder and this, that, and the other thing. But it's like, no, like we genuinely, like this is like getting me emotional, but we, we genuinely, genuinely are so beautiful and we are waking up. Like we are like, even in this podcast pro space, like the accelerator program, like just connecting with all of you ladies. Like it was just like, so, so healing for me. Cause I think a lot of us do have that sister wound, especially women supporting women and lifting women up. And it was just like, yeah, like there is so much, there is truly so much beauty in this world. And if we can focus on that rather than like the scary stuff, like it'll get better. Yeah. I love that so much. That's so beautiful. I love that. And Rochelle's talking about the Almost 30 um, Podcast Accelerator that we both went through, which mm-hmm. was amazing. Amazing. I'm so amazing. upset it's finished. 
Oh my God, me too. I, <laughs> I hung on to the very last second of our call. I, I was like, I'm not hanging up. You have to like kick me out. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I know. I haven't done like the last, I haven't done the final week homework yet. Mm. And I think I haven't done it because like I don't want to give it up yet where I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'll rewatch all the videos and go back in there. But it's been like so, so like transformational for me in so many mm. ways. It's wild. I agree. I agree. It's been incredible. Oh, well, amazing. So um, for any listeners that want to follow along with what you're up to or work with you, how can they get in touch with you? So they can find me on Instagram at rochelle.christian. My website is rochellechristian.net and Christian is spelled C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N-E, uh, Rochelle, R-O-C-H-E-L-L-E. I just launched a community membership space. The link for that is everything is on Instagram. You can work with me one-on-one. I want to do, I'm in the works of a group program for the new year, just because like, I feel like we, everybody, July 1st, everybody's like so hyped up and they want to make changes. And I feel like it's, it's like we, we, we want everything to change overnight, right? Like our culture is just like so quick and so fast. And so I want to create like a 90 day program where we can like slowly ease into it. So Mm. it's a lasting change rather than like the end of January, everybody's fallen off and um, so I just want it to be like a more intentional space. So I'm working on that now. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll be able to be updated on all that. Oh my God. So cool. I love it. Incredible. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. I had course, an absolute Thank you so much for having you. me. Same. Yeah. Same. It's yeah. been awesome. Super fun. That's it for today's show. Thank you so, so, so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed. If you have a moment and you're in the Apple podcast app, please rate and review the show. I could really use all the ratings I can get. And please share this episode with a friend that may benefit from it. Of course, hit subscribe to keep up with new weekly episodes. And if you're interested in supporting the show and being part of the Lit AF community, join our Patreon by visiting sarahcohan.com forward slash tip jar. That's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com forward slash tip jar. Thank you again for listening. Please stay lit, lit AF, and I hope to see you back here next week.